you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Here's one for the end zone. Chark, he's got it. Touchdown, what a throw. Just got it away again, and a sack! And guess who? Calais Campbell. Saxonville's back, baby! Saxonville's back! Let move! Hill! And there it is. Saxonville is back, at least for one night. A 20-7 win for the Jaguars over the Tennessee Titans, who barely show up in this game. A dreadful effort on the offensive side of the ball, especially uh, the Jaguars get another solid game by Mark's boy, Gardner Minshew, the second, and they get that big win. And um, I am in the garage here at Hansus Manor as we continue to mix it up on Thursday night. This is our first standalone mini pod. And joining me here is the great Mark Sessler. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm already impressed by your effort here. As you mentioned, we're in this garage. There is a a rogue cricket over in the corner um, trying to make a racket interrupt our show. And you picked up a football from your sitting position here across the room, pelted it, nailed the corner of the garage where the cricket uh, seems to be, and he quieted down. That aggressive nature was something Marcus Mariota was missing tonight, but Gardner Minshew was not. Well put. And... Uh, Listeners of this show that also listen to the Throwback Pod, we're sitting in the Mark is in the Bob uh, Bob chair right now, and the cricket has been an ongoing subplot for over two summers now. So it came back in a big spot for the Around the NFL podcast, and yes, and we'll get to the Jags who deserve credit for really showing up and balling out uh, in this game, especially on defense. Uh, but yeah, let's start with the 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 Titans here, and I just want to. There is one play or one series that is really so emblematic of uh, this game and this team and this quarterback, and it's 20 to 7, three and a half minutes to play. The Titans take over deep in their own end after a bizarre Doug Marone decision to go for it on fourth down instead of kicking the icing field goal. Uh, the reason Doug Marone did it is because he he was showing the Titans no respect that they could actually march down the field. And what do they do, Mark? 
at 20 to seven with three and a half minutes to play. And yes, I understand it is very close to a foregone conclusion. This game is over. They run the football for five yards and then slowly get back to the line. And Mariota looks around the line, does his checks. And, the, and, and as Chris Wessling says, the sands are falling through the hourglass. And it's just like it was, it was such a perfect encapsulation of everything that's wrong with the Titans there's no there's 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 no urgency with this offense, and this has been going on forever. Yeah, I mean, it was earlier in the game because this is not just a one moment event in this affair where they were down seventeen nothing and appeared to be milking the clock. You're trailing by seventeen points, <laughs> and you're right though there was zero urgency. And and whether or not at the end of the game the drive you're mentioning, which I was listening to on the radio driving over, and the color guy, and I drove here without an accident credit to me. Wow. Uh, and I'm a good driver, I just realized. I'm good. By right the way, I am, after we're done today and you drive home, yeah. I am following you into my driveway, and I want to see you get in that car, get behind the wheel, and drive away, because I've literally never seen it's that. It's been a while since I've been behind the wheel, it's and I feel, I feel a new, uh, sort of a new purpose, and I kind of love driving in LA, but point being, good, right? on the way over, the color man on the broadcast was beside himself, and he should be, because if any team in the league has talent but has an optics problem when it comes to being dynamic and changing the way that we feel about them, it's the Titans. And that romp over the Browns a couple weekends ago feels as far from the East and the West at this point. Yeah, and I remember us talking before week two. You were very impressed by what you saw in that week one game. And not to play it, I told you so, but I I feel like this is not surprising what's happened here because we've seen this forever with the Titans. They suck people in with a big performance and then they go back to sleep. And who knows the way their, their history is, is that they might have a big win next week or they lose next week and then they win three in a row or four out of five. And here we are again, they're eight and six in December, but don't get sucked in because you know where this is ending. It's ending at nine and seven because it always ends at nine and seven. It is. I'm willing to at this point. I'm not, you know, I'm not totally conceding, but it's only because it's a matter of time. I think maybe I'm also willing to hand you a loss uh, in progress on Gardner Minshew being an exciting <laughs> quarterback because, and I get the hesitation, uh, or in your case, I think you were kind of bucking the trend of everyone jumping all over Gardner Minshew on Twitter, and I understand that too. But give me this, he looked clean tonight. And what I liked about him, even in that first game, because you see some of these backups come in and they'll go 15 for 18, and you want to find out what that means. Does it mean it's dump-offs or it's you're putting a quarterback into an extremely safe situation where you know a high school quarterback could essentially connect on most of those passes. In that first game, Minshew was throwing aggressively down the field. And I kind of love what John Filippo, the offensive coordinator for the Jaguars, did tonight. He was comfortable right away in Philadelphia with Nick Foles and did not turn the volume down when Foles went on that magical run with the Eagles. And he... John Filippo, I thought, approached Minshew in the same way. And, he, and Aikman mentioned earlier in the game that they talked to the coaching staff and they wanted to open it up and be aggressive on offense. They got up 14-0 with some big strikes down the field, some great you know, one-on-one catches. And then, then the weather happened and the refs happened with an insane flood of calls that I thought slowed this game to a sort of a rain-delayed tennis match, if oh you will, gosh. to enter Greg's world, if we, <laughs> if we choose to do so. I, I, I choose not to. Okay, well, I, I tried to pull you there, too. Um, first of all, I want to make it very clear that 
my reluctance to get on the Gardner Minshew the second bandwagon was always just about the social media buzz and like I hear you. Let's get behind the wacky guy with the facial hair and the low cut shirts and all that stuff. I I have no issue with Minshew the quarterback. I've been kind of following him um, and was you know impressed in this game as well. He should have had three touchdowns. D.D. Westbrook can't catch a ball. I mean, D.D. Westbrook, come back to us. Yeah. Um, but back to your point. So, yes, as I've made clear on this podcast, I am not on the Minshew train. I'm watching it. Uh, you guys seem to be having fun. And I'm just sitting this one out. And I, I'm, I'm happy for you I mean, you, if, if this were to continue, we'd allow you on. Like, I mean, it's not. I don't think that would be right. I, don't, I just okay. don't think it'd be right. Okay. It would be weird. And, and I would never be truly accepted on the train. I mean, to be fair, I find uh, the growing social media, I mean, sort of just the way the whole broadcast dealt with them. It's like part of me feels like I jumped on, on the train with like roughly 30 or 40 other people. It wasn't just me. But now it's, it's, you're adding zeros and zeros to that. It doesn't feel so special. you know. I, I do like that he stretches fully nude in the locker room in a jock strap. That was the first nugget where I was like, oh, man, I do. I wish I was kind of on that train right now. Not to see him stretching. That would be gross. Anyway, to your point, the officiating, this is how bad the officiating was. Tom Brady, who is, despite his issues with the league and the fact that he's been suspended, and uh, if you're a member of the Patriots, you believe over the years you've been targeted by the league on various things, which, you know, whatever. Um, he comes on Twitter and pointedly, says, I can't watch this. I'm turning this off. And he was referring to the officiating. And what we had here was 15 penalties in the first half called by referee Sean Hockley's crew, eight of which were for holding. And and um, things got a little bit better in the second half. Uh, but th- this is, and th- by the way, entering Thursday night, the highest total of holding penalties in a game was 11. Uh, so we, we're heading towards an absolute atrocity and I'm a little confused about this, Mark, and maybe you could shed some light here on the first ever Around the NFL podcast mini pod. We kept hearing that there was going to be added emphasis on holding this year. And sure enough, I think it's up like 60%. If the main goal of professional football as a piece of entertainment to be consumed and enjoyed and people to pump their resources into it and the whole machine is fed and the beast is happy is for the product to be fun to watch. Why was there this, who likes holding penalties? Is this like a Jeff Fisher type vibe? What happened here? And uh, like whoever s- signed off on this, uh, they got what they want, but this is what, this is what happens. It's not, as, it's not a fun product to watch. And I know, Mark, you just like me and everybody else uh, on the pod, we watch uh, Game Pass to catch up uh, and, and cycle through these games. You can't even get through a, a condensed game anymore in 40 minutes because all it is is stop downs and they call the penalty every time over and over. So this is going on across the league. And the fact that Tom Brady points it out and then Troy Aikman, a hall of famer says the league better be paying attention to this. Cause Tom Brady just spoke up. This is, this is bad news. Well, it's, it's almost like the, the, uh, the league IT people presuppose this because the condensed version <laughs> of game pass games are now called game in 40. I mean, they're not even. They're basically telling you, don't even try to get out of here Game under forty. It does, not even a not even a good ring to it. Well, it it already it already in my world takes some energy out of it because you're you get a little jolt when you find a game that's 31, 31 minutes. I will say this: the I mean, it, a lot of times with these early season trends, we all think we feel something, but then some sort of hot headed nerd produces a number showing that nothing's really up more than two or three percent. There were a hundred and nine 
holding calls last year coming into week three. There were 179 this who wins? Year. Who? Why? Why is this a thing? It, no one wins. Yeah, and, you and, know who I bet this is? It's Belichick. Well, it's, I bet he's well, behind this. It's part of Belichick's crew because it was in response to coaches complaining about right. specifically holding calls more than anything else. Now I find it funny that you come out of halftime where obviously you know social media and the football world at large is on fire about what we saw in the first half. And of course, Tom Brady tweets, and you don't see a penalty in the third quarter until like a minute to go. It goes deep. It's like you do wonder if the refs at this point are just shifting in the wind and sort of toying and catering to public response. I'm sure they would say that's ridiculous, but the game had so many stoppages tonight that it's the one thing that you could say, and I know you're a big baseball guy, that baseball's complaint or issue is it's too slow. How do you speed it up? Why are we taking football, which there's so much more ability to control the pace and the tempo and turning it into what we saw tonight? Cannot cannot continue that way. I'm with you. All right, three more uh, points on... Uh, two on the Jags and, and one on the Titans. One, Leonard Fournette, who busted off a 69-yarder late in this game. N- you'll never see this stat line ever again. 15 carries, 66 yards with a long of 69. An average to have a 69-yard run in a game and only average 4.4 4. 4 yards per tote is pretty amazing. Uh, shout out to Calais Campbell, who was a monster in this game. Uh, finished with three sacks. Seven tackles, four tackles for loss was a total nightmare on a banged up foot too. on a banged up foot. And he uh, this very much looked like the 2017 uh, Jags. And then my last point, Mark, is uh, our own Colleen Wolf, our sweet, tiny box uh, pointed out during the halftime show. She threw out the point that, hey, the Titans don't wake up and they were getting shut out at this point. Is Ryan Tannehill somebody that should maybe come into this game? And Steve Smith kind of dismissed her out of hand and whatever. Steve Smith can do that. Uh, But Connie was on to something there. And the Titans, they can continue to back Marcus Mariota and and continue to have games like this from now until eternity. Or they could wake up and say, we actually have an option behind this guy to see if we could spark a team. Uh, Otherwise, you're just going to stay this team forever. Yeah, and I think that you know someone like Joe Thomas probably agreed with with Colleen Wolf, even if, even if he didn't speak on that point, because he's been in Cleveland and he sees what happens when you've got something behind a failing starting quarterback. And if they if the Titans had an exciting preseason rookie that was even a third or fourth rounder behind Mariota, I think it would hasten the process here. I mean, the problem is that if you're to have anyone as boring as Mariota, it might be Ryan Tannehill. That's the only thing. It's, I could see a flip-flop scenario back and forth. <laughs> One thing I will say on Calais Campbell, what is the look at the contrast between what he's done through a lot of ups and downs in Jacksonville. Tonight goes out and does what he does, and you may have Jalen Ramsey playing his last game in a Jaguars uniform amidst him saying, you know, he's not where the trade talk's coming from. Obviously, he wants to be moved, and he could be gone as soon as tomorrow morning. Well, I mean, you know, he's coming out and and, and saying he's all about the team and this or that. And look, I mean, I'm not Jalen Ramsey has been an awesome Jaguar. And I just think it's a shame that that's a narrative that you want to bail on this club, and we don't know everything that's going on here. But the Jaguars have a little life to them after this. And Thursday night can kind of mess you up because you can get married to what you saw in this we- in these weird Thursday night games, and it doesn't play out the rest of the year. But if you get this kind of a game from Minshew, you know, most of the time, and the defense has been pretty good, continues to play this way, Losing Ramsey's a huge loss and could be a complete game changer in a very winnable AFC and South. And that's why I think the Jags people were saying, 
oh, why would you play Ramsey and risk him getting hurt when you might be looking to trade him for multiple number one picks? Well, first of all, we're taping this while they're in the locker room and doing their media availability. I wonder how Jalen Ramsey feels now, and which is part of the reason why, and we were talking about it in the pod earlier this week, it didn't sit well with me that all of a sudden this trade demand comes out because they're 0-2 and things don't seem to be going well. Well, now you're Saxonville again. I wonder if Jalen Ramsey's like, ah, maybe we can work this out, which whatever, we'll see how that all um, plays out. Uh, but, you know, for, for one game, everything looks okay for the Jags. And in the AFC South, I think it's a wide-open division. Yeah, and it's and, and if you go, if anyone didn't watch the Titans-Cleveland game, I'm not suggesting you go watch it, but that was a, an amazing performance by the Titans that made me think differently about them. And here we are, mere weeks later, and I have no clue who this team is. And Isn't it's that hard, what they are, though? It, I guess they that's exactly what they are. I thought, that, I thought a change had occurred. The whole division feels that way, and, you know, I kind of like divisions like this. In other ones that are kind of bought and sold from the start this one's totally different and spicy all right do we have anything else we want to touch in the first ever i mean it's ATN meant to be a, it's meant to be a mini pod and right. i don't know how what minute we're what is mini when it comes to podcasts is it well, a micro pod if or we why don't we wrap not, it up soon it's not going to be mini so well, maybe i suggest we, should, we get out of here then all right good next time you hear from us it will be sunday night the flagship program um and remember you also have the full week two preview podcast that just went up earlier today. So you got that, you got this, you got Sunday night, and then we're back on Tuesday. I mean, the content, Mark, it's, it is, it's, it's a, legitimate. It's a, it's, a, it's a watershed of content. If you can't keep up, that is on you. <laughs> All right, there you go. All right, now that's it. Dan Hans is signing off for the Quiet Storm here in Hansis Manor. Later. go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh green irish Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.